Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. My friend, it's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. If you missed hour one, yeah, I you missed something, especially with lots of questions that I would like to know the answers to. So where in the word are you today? Do you have a particular question that you like to ask um, early on in a conversation with a new person? Um, do you like to ask, hey, where do you hail from? That was one of the contributions made. Um uh, we have another uh, another person who um, who asked a question about. All right, if you could celebrate your birthday in any way you chose, like with whom would you celebrate? Where and like what would the celebration look like? That's a good that's a good question. Um, favorite place uh, to go? I asked the question, "Where does your heart go when I say the word home?" Um, other people dig right in with. <laughs> some very deep questions and so I guess I'm wondering you know do you do you have a go-to question when you are just getting to know somebody we also had a question in um, in hour one about um, gardening particularly on your church campus is your church does your church have a community garden are you engaged in any kind of gardening effort um, with a community of believers if so I would love to know more about that I'd love to know where it is um, who's responsible for it uh, I think we're going to develop that as a as a show uh, coming up soon. So let me know um, if you've got, uh, you know, an engagement, some kind of engagement in gardening through your local church. Love to know about that. All of those things, you can text me, 877-933-2484. Uh, so we like to bring the mind of Christ to bear on the issues and headline news of the day here on Mornings with Carmen. And so uh, I, I'm bringing you this this morning recognizing that there are things that are happening in the world that um, we need to lift up as prayer concerns. So I call this praying the news. So here's my approach to it. Um, Sometimes I actually have to like Google the location, like so that I can see it on a map so that I can get my attention turned toward a particular geography as I am praying for a people in a place in particular circumstances recognizing that um, God has his eye on all people in all places, and he has concern for each and every one. And so I am lifting up these places and these people and these circumstances before the God who cares about them and has um, has the ability to respond in real time to their real needs. So the language um, this morning that came across my feed was, there is a rolling political earthquake underway. So the um, the tremors um, or the, you know, I don't know, seismic circles here in relationship to this rolling political earthquake includes Thailand, Turkey, um, and Ukraine. It could include Sudan, Haiti, Venezuela, Yemen, Honduras, North Korea, China, Myanmar, 
Iran, Russia, India, on and on and on. Today, it includes um, this rolling political earthquake, um, includes storylines out of Thailand, Turkey, and Ukraine. So in Thailand, they had a recent election and voters overwhelmingly supported a democracy-focused coalition that's promising major reforms and is rejecting the current government's military-aligned leadership. So that is good news. It's a pro-democracy story out of Thailand. So let's be praying um, for God to grant grace and favor. In Turkey, we just talked with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News um, about uh, the the fact that um, there is now going to be a runoff election after authoritarian President Erdogan failed to garner enough votes to um, to win that election there. And so we want to be uh, certainly praying that God's will be done, in my view, to the promotion of peace and freedom for the people of Turkey. Um, in Ukraine, uh, the, the war is ongoing. Ukraine has shot down six Russian hypersonic missiles. These are missiles that Russia had claimed were all but unstoppable. And Ukraine um, is confirming that in its spring counteroffensive, it will focus on liberating Ukrainian territory currently held by Russia and not on Russia itself. So we're going to be continuing our prayers on that front as well. All right. Each of these and a thousand others might be considered hotspots and storylines around the world. And so I want um, I want you to allow God to lead your heart to a particular place and toward a particular people. Maybe it's a place you have visited. Maybe it's a place where you support a missionary. Maybe it is a place that God has tenderized your heart toward because you've seen a story um, out of there. I want you to lift up that nation and its people today, wherever that is, and entrust it to God. And then ask God to use you in the square foot of earth upon which you now stand. God, use me, this little light of mine. Let it shine. Let it shine before others that they may um, see my good works, but glorify you, my God in heaven. Amen. We're going to be joined by our friend Bill English. And yes, we are going to turn our attention to the debt ceiling. Mm -hmm. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Bill English is joining us now. You can find him at BibleAndBusiness.com. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, Carmen. Okay, what is the debt ceiling? Um, And then uh, if we were, as a nation, to default on our national debt, how would that affect me as an average citizen? Uh, I'll, I'll answer those in order. Uh, the debt ceiling is the maximum amount of borrowing power that uh, Congress gives the Treasury. So as the Treasury pays the bills, if they don't have enough money coming in in various types of revenue, like tax revenue, tariff revenue, that kind of thing, then they go borrow money, uh, usually in the form of issuing Treasury bills um, uh, or buying them to invest. These are really bonds is how how they do that. Um, and uh we are going to hit that ceiling here really, really soon. A government shutdown is, in my mind, different than hitting uh, a debt ceiling crisis. 
A debt ceiling crisis means that the government still has money coming in. They just can't continue to borrow in order to meet all of the obligations. A shutdown, in my mind, is a place where the government literally shuts down. It just doesn't, it, it, it isn't spending any money anywhere. So if you look at, and I don't, I don't know that I really trust these numbers. They're coming from, uh, from the Treasury's website, but I, they just feel low to me. Uh, for 2023, the, at Treasury.gov, they're telling us that uh, they're going to have about $2.69 trillion in revenue and spend about $3.61 trillion uh, in, of dollars, right? That $2.69 trillion in revenue, Carmen, continues to come into the government even during what, what we're calling a government shutdown. That money continues to come in. And that money is available for uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen to make payments on mandatory spending. So you got to remember, there's mandatory, discretionary, and supplemental spending at the federal level. The mandatory spending is going to get paid. You know, Social Security, military pay, believe it or not, the president and congressional salaries and their staffs, everybody gets paid there. Um, that money is going to continue to come in and, and get everybody paid. Uh, the 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 places that won't have money funding while the government is in theory shut down is all the discretionary spending like parks, uh, recreation, and and other things like that. Look, um, the average person is not going to feel any effect on this. They're just not. I'm glad you asked that question. That was part of the show notes that I put together for this morning. Um, I just don't think the average American is going to feel much at all on this. And of course, you know, you could ask the question, well, what about federal workers that are going to be furloughed? Yeah, they're going to be furloughed, but when they come back, they're going to get back pay. They have every time since 1995, every time federal workers have, have, have had their pay restored to them for the time that they uh, were, were basically furloughed. It's like a paid vacation. And and mm. uh, in an additional one that they don't know how long it's going to last, and maybe it hurts their their personal cash flow. I get that part, but really, um, this this federal government shutdown isn't a shutdown. It's maybe fifteen percent of the government saying, you know, we're not going to pay bills and we're not going to do things like that. So that's a kind of a long. No, that's good. That's good. Um, um, hey, let's take a very brief break, and we're going to reset with Bill and see if we can get a, a better, more consistent connection so we don't miss a word of what he is sharing with us. Um, but I am grateful for um, the confidence that he has that uh, even if uh, we were to pass this debt ceiling um, deadline, um, it's not going to have a tremendous effect on um, on us as average Americans. That's good because there's a lot of fear mongering out there right now about it. So we're going to um, continue this conversation in just a moment. If you've got any particular questions or concerns, you can always text me 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day.
All right, Bill English is back, BibleandBusiness.com. He's got a brand new book coming out, Working for a Difficult Boss. I can't imagine how he knows anything about that. But Bill, what do you, what do you know? What do you know about working for a difficult boss? And uh, and tell us about your forthcoming book. This is exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, it working for a difficult boss is uh, difficult. It's frustrating. It's exasperating, and uh, a lot of people in America, a lot of Christians, have to work for difficult bosses, and uh, it, it's it's just a very draining experience. And so. You know, I, I was talking with, um, I can't think of her name now, but um, one of the main personalities at, at Faith Radio, I'm sorry to admit this on the air, uh, her name escapes me, but yeah, Susie, thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. I was talking well, I wasn't going to gonna say Susie has ever worked for a difficult boss, right? Just kidding. I think everybody, <laughs> everybody at one time or another has worked for a difficult boss. And anyways, I was talking to her and she was saying, you know, there's a lot of books written for the leaders of business. And mm. then there's a, a fair amount of page space is given to the average person who just goes to work but doesn't manage anybody. She said, mm. nobody writes for the mid-level manager who's a Christian who has both a team to manage and bosses to report to. And so that's who this book is targeted towards, mid and upper level managers in for-profit businesses and in ministries who have people that they have to manage, but people that they also, but they also have bosses that they have to report to. And they happen to have a really difficult boss. That's who I wrote this book for. And we, I used Daniel mm-hmm. as my example because Daniel worked uh, for a number of difficult kings uh, over his 40-plus years in Babylon. And was also a person uh, responsible for uh, managing others. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was he was set to become the prime minister under Darius when, uh, when his colleagues basically created the whole Daniel and the lion's den story. So yeah. he was he was a very talented guy who produced excellent work product, was a witness for God at the highest levels of government in Babylon for over 40 years, and yet maintained his faithfulness to God throughout the process and walked closely with God. That's a balancing act that a number of us need to learn how to do, and I outline many parts of that in in my book that, so that, good. that's coming up. Yeah, uh, Working for a Difficult Boss. It's a forthcoming book by uh, Bill English. Um, hey, each week I really appreciate what you're doing um, at BibleandBusiness.com, posting this Friday Five, Bill's Friday Five. So um, I want to do two of them if we can. First of all, yeah, sure. Um, let's do unclaimed.org because that's kind of fun. That's kind of a Friday Five pick that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, unclaimed.org is just a site. You just go in, you put in your name and a couple of other pieces of identifying information, and they will tell you if you have any unclaimed property. Believe it or not, I went in and put in an old business name of a business that I used to own. And sure enough, uh, that business is owed some money uh, by, I forget, it was some kind of a, an, an insurance company or something. So uh, you, you know, you fill out the form, they send you a PDF, you have to supply some documentation and submit it. And then and then uh, you get the money, they bifurcate between under 250 and over 250. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. And then um, you have posted here um, a link to a study, um, and this is in relationship to banks, maybe as many as 180 banks likely to go under 
because rising interest rates are affecting their stability. Can you brief us in on this? That's a lot well, of banks. It, it is a lot of banks, and I was really surprised to read that study. It's a reputable study out of Columbia University, uh, and uh, the study is saying that as interest rates go up, and as uh, savings rates go up, but the flight of money goes to the larger banks, there's a number of mid-level banks who are starting to become uh, perilously close to not meeting their ratios uh, imposed on them by the Federal Reserve, and that they may they estimate that roughly 180 of those banks will end up under FDIC receivership and may have to be reorganized or combined or sold mm -hmm. or balkanized across other other banks. Um, it was an interesting study. It's just one study. Um, you know, we haven't had any banks go under FDIC receivership here in the last 10 days, maybe two weeks at the most. Um, but every time, this, see, this is the thing, Carmen, every time a bank goes down, what, what do you hear in the press? You hear, oh, this is the last one. The, the banking system is sound. This was an anomaly. Oh, and then next week, oh, there's another one, you know, and uh, it just wouldn't surprise me if we have a number of more banks that are going to go under uh, because of these interest rate rises and how, how they just didn't manage their portfolios well enough. Um, but again, we want to remind people that, um, that that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, you know, move your money. If you have less than $250,000 in a particular account, it is guaranteed. Um, I mean, it is safe. It is secure. Everybody doesn't need to move their money out of smaller banks into larger banks because that will just actually make the problem worse. Am I right? Yes, you are right. Uh, the problem uh, of moving to bigger banks, thinking that those are more stable, is just not true. Um, for the mo in spite of what I just plus, said, plus I don't know anybody there. I don't. I don't. They don't know me well, at the big bank. Yeah, I mean, but the days they, of knowing your banker and getting some special deals, you know, those are gone. Not special deals, no. But customer appreciation day. I mean, I don't know if you've oh. been to a customer appreciation day at a local bank, but they're super fun. I can't say that I've ever had a bank oh. really express a lot of appreciation to me. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we just had a customer appreciation day at our totally, really? like, crazy little tiny little bank on the corner. And, I mean, it was it was a madhouse. Yes, we had, uh, you know, we had, it was fun. It was really fun. People dropped in, oh, got good. to know each other, said hi. And, yeah, I don't know. There were, there were uh, pulled pork sandwiches and fruit and, you know, cake. It was fun. It was really fun. You know, uh, there you go. Ridiculous things are happening out in my neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the in the business that I'm running, we have a little over just in in the low seven figures of cash sitting there while we're looking at making an acquisition. Uh, we have left our cash in a small town bank, uh, and that and we have worked with the bank to make sure that um that all of it is FDIC insured. They have they had a way to do that, mm -hmm. and so um, if I'm doing it with uh, funds of a company that I'm running. Uh, I think others here can trust their small town banks, their regional banks uh, to be just fine. You don't need to move your money to a big bank. It's it's yeah. an exercise in futility as long as you're FDIC insured. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, hey, as always, um, thank you so much. And uh, may God provide his favor as the new book is coming out. I love that. Okay, thank you very much, Carmen. Yeah. I appreciate it.
Yeah, Bibleandbusiness.com. The next time Bill's the next time Bill's here, we're gonna talk about what's happening in the book. Yep, that's up next. Or that's not up next, but that's up next time. Bill, as always, thank you. Up next is Breakpoint with John Stone Street. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, friends, this is a giant heads up. So perk up your ears, radio listeners, specifically radio listeners right now. If you happen to be listening on AM 900, uh, if you are listening uh, in the Twin Cities, if you're listening at AM 1290 in Hartford, if you're listening on AM 1190 in Madison, if you're listening on AM 1090 in Waterloo, um, or if you're listening uh, AM 1200 in Fargo-Moorhead, um, if you're listening in Sioux Falls to AM 1270, I mean, on and on and on. If you are listening to me right now on an AM signal, listen up, people. Uh, car makers are nixing AM radio. It is uh, not common for lawmakers across this country from polarized uh, political parties to find common ground on very much, but... There's one issue, at least this week, one issue, uh, that brought together more than 100 members of the House uh, across the ideological spectrum to defend something that most of us uh, just take for granted, our ability to tune in to AM radio broadcasts. So this is not that AM broadcasting is going away or that AM stations are going away, but let's all just admit, if people can't tune in to AM radio then there's going to be a problem. So uh, according to Ford Motor Company, they are discontinuing AM capability in all of their vehicles. Um, We had already heard from BMW, Volkswagen, Mazda, and Tesla that AM radio will not be available in electric vehicles. But Ford says, we're not putting them in any any vehicles, gas-powered or electric. Um, And so according to Ford, discontinuing AM capability is about, quote, modernizing radio. Uh, And instead, they're going to offer not only FM, but digital and satellite broadcasts. They're going to offer the ability, obviously, to tune into apps and streaming stations over the internet um, because vehicles will be equipped with internet, but not AM radio. So um, here's, uh, here's my concern. It's not just totally selfish, although obviously a little bit selfish if you're listening to me over an AM signal right now. In addition to uh, talk radio delivered over AM channels, the U.S. government also relies on AM radio to broadcast emergency alerts and to communicate with Americans in the event of natural disasters or attack or other emergencies. And so um, I think people need to be alerted to this and, um, you know, I don't know, communicate with your lawmaker and then maybe communicate directly with vehicle manufacturers that you still want AM access. There are 4,185 AM stations across the country. Uh, AM radio is a core element of uh, the nation's delivery system for um for news and weather and emergencies and particularly intensely local programming, as well as foreign language programming across the country. So, um, yeah, this is like my PSA uh, and my alert today. Um, 
we don't want car makers to nix AM radio. Uh, yeah, AM radio is not going away. But if the support of it goes away um, in vehicles, then obviously it's going to be harder and harder and harder for people to access. All right, next up, Barnabas Piper is going to join us. We're going to talk about his new book, Belong, Loving Your Church by Reflecting Christ to One Another. Do you feel like you belong Do you belong to a church, like technically, on a membership role? And do you feel a sense of belonging to that community of people? We're going to talk about that next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We talk a lot about the big three questions or needs that people have. um, Identity, belonging, and purpose. The middle Um, The middle one of those is belonging, and that's what we're going to focus on today with Barnabas Piper, his new book, Belong, Loving Your Church by Reflecting Christ to One Another, How to Build Genuine, Real, Deep, Honest, and Authentic Christian Relationships um, in in Your Church. All right, Barnabas, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for having me back on. It's, uh, It's been a while, and it's good to be back with you. It has been a while, and I'm thrilled to have you back. Okay, so I'm going to read the dedication page as an entry point into this conversation um, because I think it helps us not only see um, you and your experience of this, but it helps us connect with our own need for the same. So this book is dedicated to my dear friends from my community group at Emmanuel Nashville. You have shown me what belonging to the family of God looks like and invited me into it through your honesty, compassion, hospitality, humility, humor, constancy, and faithfulness to Jesus through so many joys and sorrows. Together, we have experienced the profoundly normal and supernatural reality of fellowship in Jesus. I love you all. Thank you. Um, I think that's like a book summary. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope that uh, I hope that what I accomplished in the pages that follow just take takes that and unpacks it in a way that uh, readers can can find the same kinds of things can can in, in diagnose and identify and resonate with those aspects in their own church where, where it's not going well and where they look at it and go, okay, that's what that is. That's what the Lord is doing here. Um, we we deeply and desperately want what you just described um, in you know, in your experience with your community group, um, does this book help us um, live into, imagine, uh, be curious about, and live into what you described there? That's definitely the intent of it. Um, my my hope, I mean, so it is aimed at churchgoers. It's not a book aimed directly at church leaders, although it certainly serves them, I hope. But aimed at people going, how do how do I find a place of belonging in a church? What am I looking for in a church? And then how do I participate in it? And I, I love the way you phrased the question with with being curious about and imagining, because that's that's where I started in the book is trying to unfold the vision of what belonging can look like in the church, the way that the Bible describes it with family and and the body of Christ. And then this being built up into, into the temple of God, where we have a we have a genuine place. And as believers, that's what God has designed for us. And then trying to walk out some of the practicalities of it. So that is um that's really helpful. Now that you are hearing Barnabas begin to talk about belong, loving your church by reflecting Christ to one another. Um, let me tell you, we do have copies to give away. So if this is you, 
Um, if, you know, you are a church goer, you maybe even already technically belong to a church, but you don't really feel like you belong and you want to participate in um, building a belonging community, knitting yourself and others together in real genuine Christian community as um, members of the family of the body of Christ built together as living stones into the temple um, through which God is um, reaching the world. Um, yeah, this is this is your book. So uh, we're giving away copies today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies we have to give away today. Um, Barnabas, um, when you describe uh, the, the, the church as God intends, right, this vision of belonging, family, we talk a lot about brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, we talk about God the Father. We talk about Jesus, you know, as our um, first and foremost elder brother. We talk about the body of Christ. We're individually members of it. I think um, we often think about what what part of the body we are. We don't necessarily think a whole lot about other all the other parts of the body and how we are intimately and integrally connected to them. Um, and then this, you know, this temple image, these living stones built together image. So can you take us into one of those and help us see what you're talking about in terms of this vision of belonging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I could go, all, all of those are, are so expansive. I could go deep on all of them, but let me, let me just focus on family for a second. I think for those of us who have been in church for a long time, family language is almost rote. Um, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, you, you go to a pastor's conference, everybody calls each other brother, even if they barely know them. And, and that is, it's cheap on the one hand, because we don't really mean what we're saying. But on the other hand, it's reflective of a reality that's so much deeper than we even realize. And it starts with the reality of God as father and, and every believer having been adopted into the family of God. So uh, Romans 8 talks about receiving the spirit of adoption as sons or as sons and daughters, and which which then means that we are co-heirs with Christ. So we have received Christ as a brother. And then you get to uh, Ephesians, and it talks about the household of God. So we are part of this single unified household, which means that in Christ, we share more in common and are more closely bonded together with those who are fellow believers than we are uh, bonded with those we share a genetic code with. Um, biological family is not as close as spiritual family in the deepest, truest sense. Now, you can be both, you know, you can be joined in Christ and joined by blood. But but the picture here is one of this is this is the family we are part of. We belong here. Um, so I remember when my kids were little, sometimes they'd get mad and throw a tantrum and be like, I don't want to be part of this family. And it was very easy to look at them and go, yeah, but this is your family. You belong here. But then there's the other aspect of belonging, which is the the aspect where you make them feel like they belong. That's where the, the affection and the love and the, the affirmation saying, no, I love you. Uh, I'm proud of you. You belong here. The church represents both of those. In Christ, this is the right place for us. And in Christ, it's also the warmest most welcoming, most healing, most affirming place for believers. It's the place where where we feel the love of God most through our fellow believers. I love that. I love the um, the conversation about you know you are mine. Like you belong here because you are mine. 
Um, I'm always troubled when, um, you know, when I hear a parent say something like, well, as long as you're living under my roof, as if they're not going to be your child when they're not living under your roof, right. <laughs> as, if, as if they're not going to belong to the family, even if they're, you know, living outside the four walls of a particular space. Um, there is this sense of belonging. I really resonate with with what you say when you talk about um, I am more closely bonded with fellow believers who live in places I will never set foot and whose names I cannot even pronounce. Like, I am more closely bonded with them um, than I am with people with whom I might share a genetic code but who are not followers of Christ. That is that is a bit of a difficult word in um, in the context of an American culture that sets family um, above every other value. So, can we talk a little bit about that next? Can we talk about the value system that uh, that is operating here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think Mark. Well, we got to take can... a can we. We're going to take a very, very brief break, and then we'll jump into Mark 10. Yep. We're talking with Barnabas Piper. The book is Belong, Loving Your Church by Reflecting Christ to One Another. If you um, are a person who identifies as a Christian, um, and yeah, you know you've got a God-given purpose. You know that um, you know God has prepared uh, good works in advance for you to do by the power of His Spirit in the world, but you're missing that sense of belonging. This book is for you. Belong. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, this uh, this book, Belong, comes in a series by our friends at The Good Book Company. Um, welcome, gather, uh, loving your church, real relationships. This book is Belong. Barnabas Piper is the author. He's here with us today. Um, how do you build genuine, real, deep, honest, and authentic Christian relationships as a community of believers? Like, what does it actually mean to belong not only to the church, but express that in genuine, real um, relationships in the here and now. Um, Barnabas, um, take us into Mark 10. That's where you, that's where you started to go um, just before the yeah. break. So take us there. Absolutely. Yeah. So we were talking about um, being more closely bonded in Christ than even in, to our biological families or to our, you know, to, to our genetic or, or even our adoptive families if, if our family members are outside Christ. And there's this amazing verse in, in Mark 10, verse 30, where Jesus says, uh, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. And there's this whole promise there of saying, if, if being joined to Christ, if being in Christ 
has created a separation between you and those you are closest to, don't worry because in the family of God, in the body of Christ, you will gain a hundredfold loved ones and resources. And it, you know, it's not a promise of wealth, but it is a promise of belonging. You have a family to whom you belong if you cannot be close to those you, you are, who are your birth family or your adoptive family because they don't love Jesus. And this is a hard thing to hear, but it's also something we resonate with. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's following Christ knows that there is a, a chasm between them and their loved ones who don't know Jesus. They cannot relate at the deepest level. They don't share the deepest values, but they can find genuine brotherhood, sisterhood. They can find mothers and fathers in Christ in the church. And that's that's what it's designed for, is to be that place of belonging where we are unified in Christ. When you... um when you think about the questions that people ask and the concerns that they have, I mean, there's, you know, this Barnabas, um, so many people have had a negative experience uh, Mm -hmm. in a quote unquote church. Um, And I will be quick to say just because that word is on a sign doesn't mean that's what's uh, actually conceived in the life of a group of people in a particular place. Um, People are worn out. They're, they're exhausted of trying they wonder if it's really true. You're bearing personal witness to the fact that it is possible, it happens, it can happen, but it doesn't just happen. Like this takes right. intentional um, investment of time and energy and hospitality and welcome and long suffering with one another. Can you talk about the work that's related to doing this? Yeah, the it it absolutely is not. It it, it is not just a put Christians in a room and church happens. Um, you know, there, there is a sense in which all the ingredients are in place. You have followers of Jesus and, and you have the Holy spirit, but, but we also have sin. And, uh, the thing that stands out most to me when it comes to the work that it takes, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to use work as a negative as much as everything that's worth doing takes effort. Mm-hmm. If you think about all of the one another commands in, in the new Testament, love one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, uh, live in harmony with one another, teach one another, admonish one another, so on. All of those imply that church is going to be a challenge because you don't need any of those commands if everything just works. I don't need to be told to bear with somebody who I already like. I have to bear with people who annoy me. I have to forgive people who have hurt me. I have to admonish people who are who are walking away from what is right, who are who are drifting away from following Christ. I need to encourage people who are discouraged. So there's a there's an implication just baked into all of the instructions about church that hey, this is not going to be easy. But the other thing that all of those commands show is the heart of Jesus, because he did all of those things first and he did them all perfectly. He taught, he encouraged, he prayed for, he loved, he forgave. In fact, he is the means of forgiveness. You have all of that wrapped up. So if we call ourselves the body of Christ, or rather, we are the body of Christ because God called us that, then all of those one another commands are both the work that is laid out for us, but also exemplified in and enabled by Jesus. So there's there's this whole reality wrapped up that is, yes, it's gonna, there's going to be difficulty, but also there's a promise wrapped up in here because Jesus went first 
and he made the way for us and we're his body and we're his people and we're reflecting him. Let's affirm, um, let's take one minute here, Barnabas, to affirm that people belong. In Christ, you belong, even if you don't feel right now like you belong. Yeah, absolutely. There is a, there is a, the way that the Bible portrays following Christ is, and the way I write about it in the book is that there's a moral reality of belonging and a felt reality of belonging. Because of sin, our own sin and often sins committed against us, we don't feel like we belong oftentimes. We feel like outsiders. The moral reality of belonging is what gives us that comfort. And that's what I mean by moral reality is not uh, do this thing because it's right, but rather this is the way it is designed by God to be. We are made to be part of a local body of believers. Every expression of Christianity in the New Testament points that way. A local community of believers gathering to be, to worship Christ and to represent Christ. And so if you are a Christian, you belong in church, even if you don't feel like it. And I realize that's difficult, but but when we walk into God's design for us, he will restore our hearts to the place of going, okay, this is right. This is where I belong. This is where the opportunity for genuine deep community exists. Barnabas, I'm, um, I'm so delighted um, that God has given you this kind of community. And, and I'm so grateful that you have helped the rest of us um, imagine it and given us then a game plan for cultivating it in the place where we are with, um, with a community of believers that we might experience what it means to be members of the household of faith, genuine brothers and sisters, what it means to be integrally knit into the body of Christ, not just individually members of it, but genuinely experience um, the body in, in all of its, um, you know, in, in all of its beautiful, challenging um, realities. And then this invitation to genuinely be built up together um, into a body, into a building through which God can be, you know, worshiped and glorified and um, be a substantial witness to the watching world. So thank you so much um, for the book. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your witness. And thank you for inviting us into, into all of this. The book is Belong. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawings um, for the copies we have to give away today. Barnabas, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. You guys can connect directly with Barnabas at BarnabasPiper.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Let me affirm um, here that you belong. I mean, even if you don't feel a sense of belonging, you belong. Um. You are precious in God's sight. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to encourage you to find your identity in Christ. Cultivate belonging with fellow Christians. And then, yes, together, let us pursue the purposes of God in the world today. Let us advance the kingdom of Christ in this generation. Like, this is our day. This is the day God has given us to glorify Him and make Him known to others. So, Go be shiny, my friend. Have a great day and God bless.
Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.